You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I've got a relatively new artist with me today. Her name is Raya Jane. Hi, Raya. Hi. How are you doing? I am amazing today, thank you. How are you? That's awesome. I'm brilliant. I mean, this is... I'm. For everybody out there, we've tried recording this once and our Wi-Fi's have <laughs> kind of like dropped out. So we're just going through this again. We're going to go through the pleasantries. Yeah, I'm good. It's <laughs> lovely and sunny outside. It's, I don't know what temperature is today. It's like 24, 25 degrees up here in York. So it's really nice. So you're in Yorkshire as well then? Oh, you're in Yorkshire. Whereabouts in Yorkshire are you? Sheffield. Hey. Sheffield. I mean, I, I used to live in Leeds. And I've moved between like Leeds and Wakefield and then I moved towards York. And I'm orig- I am used to live in like Barnsley as well quite a lot. So I used to go into Sheffield quite a lot. Mm. I love Sheffield. So Sheffield's really where my career started out. I used to busk in the town centre all the time on um, the moor, if you know where that is. Yeah. Yeah, I used to busk there. I think I started when I was like 13, 14 every weekend. Oh, wow. So busking... What's it like actually busking then? Because I've I know a couple I know a couple of people that do busking around around Leeds and around around like Barnsley and stuff like that. So what's it like in your opinion? Um, I've always loved busking. It's so much fun, um, and I've I've done it in London as well. It's just obviously it's a way of earning money, but also it's a good way to test out new material and get your name out there. I have a little light box with my um, Twitter and Instagram handle on it. Um, and it's just a really good way to sort of get yourself out there to people that otherwise wouldn't have been able to find you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I highly encourage anyone that's considering it to give Buskin a go. Awesome. So now you've got you've got your first single out. When did the first single come out? Uh, that one came out on February 21st, so a couple of months ago now. Um, and that was my debut. It was my baby. Um, <laughs> but the reaction to it over the past couple of months has just been so amazing. So, so amazing. How has it all gone for you then, keeping up with your social media accounts? And I mean, for me personally, I've got Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And trying to keep that, mm-hmm. trying to keep on top of that for me is, it can be quite stressful at times. I mean, I love going on Twitter. And I love Facebook and I love Instagram. But each one has its own like little quirks and it's all... You're trying to keep up a presence, really. How how are you finding it? Yeah, I think it's it's quite a, a juggling act trying to get Facebook and Twitter and Instagram all up to a decent standard all the time, um, and making sure you're sort of not neglecting them because obviously different people follow me on each one. So some people might see content on Instagram, yeah. but then there's people that don't follow me on Instagram that do on Twitter. So I've always found I so Instagram used to be like my main sort of source of communication with people to do with my music but since releasing Homeless I sort of uncovered the whole community of people that there are on Twitter and that was just insane I released it and all of a sudden there were all these people on there so I think it's definitely altered especially with lockdown as well because getting content for Instagram has been pretty difficult yeah um compared to like the frequent (laughs) shoots that I would do beforehand yeah, it's definitely a juggling act. <laughs> so, like, living in Sheffield then, do you have, like, a back garden that you can go out? Yes. To? I mean, that must help yes. massively during this lockdown period. 
Oh, 100%. So I wouldn't have coped without a garden, to be honest, like just having somewhere outdoors. And on Friday, actually speaking about social media, I took a bed sheet out into the garden and did my own little um, backyard photo shoot. <laughs> pegged, a, pegged a pink sheet up to the fence and went and picked some flowers. Oh, wow. <laughs> got to keep that content coming. <laughs> hey, you've got it. I mean... That's one thing I haven't done yet is on my Instagram, I'll share a lot of the like the photos and the album covers for all the people I speak mm-hmm. to and the reviews I do, because I also do reviews as part of this mm-hmm. podcast. And I've never really done anything of me. I might start doing that in the future. I might do like a little video and say hi to everybody. I mean, you can see me right now because we're currently talking <laughs> on Zoom. And today's everybody out there listening we're actually recording this on saturday the 30th of may 2020 so we're still in the lockdown we're still dealing with this coronavirus Mm -hmm. pandemic and yeah that that's where we are right now we've got homeless out you've now got how good you are your new single that you released yesterday on the 29th how has it been like i saw on twitter you put like 22 minutes to go until release and then they actually Mm -hmm. released and then it entered like top it went into like 55 and then it dropped into the top 50s and then it ended like mid 20s how's that whole process for you like going from start to now oh my god the release yesterday was so much more than I could have even expected like I was really nervous that people weren't gonna like how good you are as much as they did with homeless I think I'd I felt the pressure to sort of bring out something that was a step up and I didn't think that it it would be but seeing my name on the charts and iTunes was ridiculous. <laughs> like it was at 65 and I was like, oh my God, I'm in the top 100. This is insane. And then it just kept going up. I couldn't believe my eyes. So I think the highest that it got to yesterday was um, 22. I woke up this morning and it was at number 22 in the yeah. iTunes chart. So that was just incredible. So thank you to anyone here that um, bought it on iTunes. And if you didn't, you can do that now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy because you was at one point you was like just above Taylor Swift. And I remember you saying on Twitter, "Oh my God, this is something I'm going to live with for the rest of my life." Mm-hmm. Even though seven years ago she released that music, I mean, it's still a good achievement. I mean, yeah, just being just my name being on a charts list in amongst artists like that. Like there was one point where it was above um, a Willie Nelson song and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) no one in my family understands how cool this is. You mentioned your family. What are your uh, mum and dad, stepdad? Uh, So my, I'm currently, ironically as it is considering the lyrics to Homeless, I am currently living at my mum's house um, for the pandemic just to see out the lockdown. so we had a bit of a celebration last night, popped some Prosecco. Um, yeah, they're both really proud. Oh, wow. So you're a Prosecco drinker then? I love I love a good wine. Any form of wine, Prosecco, I'm there. <laughs> I mean, for those of the people out there that listen to the podcast, I normally ask at the end of the podcast, you know, like a couple of random questions, like what kind of food do you eat? You know, where do you go in a restaurant? You know, what kind of drinks do you drink? So I just thought I'd bring that mm-hmm. one in early. Like, do you normally just drink uh, Prosecco or just wines? Is there like any preference to what you drink? Um, if I'm drinking just like casually around the house uh, of a weekend, it'll be a good glass of white wine or rosé. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, I'm a big wine fan. <laughs> You see, when it comes to wine with me, it's it's got to be something like rosé because I love 
if I'm having like a say a steak meal, I'll enjoy a good red wine. And then mm. during the day, if I was to day drink, God forbid, I'd drink white <laughs> wine. But normally I stick with like a rose, like a uh barefoot uh California barefoot Zinfandel. Yeah. Like that. I can't remember the names of them. Zinfandel. Zinfandel top notch wine. <laughs> yeah. I really like um a sweet wine. I think that's probably because it doesn't taste that much like wine. That's probably why I like it so much. <laughs> well, that's, but, um, that's it. I mean, I don't like like gin and tonic. I can't I can't stand gin and tonic because it's too dry for me. And like champagne, oh. as classy as champagne is, and you know, it's always at these big events and same with Prosecco, it's just too dry for me. That's why I like mm. it. Christmas, I'll drink a bottle of Asti and it's nice and sweet, whereas like everything else is just like, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I do, I would say that I do prefer sweet over dry, but if it's given to me, I'll, I'll drink it <laughs> at this point. But I do love a good gin and tonic as well, though. I always have the debate with my friends that's like, a lot of people of my gender, like our age group, like younger age groups, like gin and lemonade. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If you're having a gin, you have to have it with a tonic. That's how it works. <laughs> I don't make the rules. <laughs> you see, that's it. The only way I can actually physically drink gin is if it's like a sweet gin, like a pink gin, like a Gordon's pink. Mm. Or if it's like something that's really, really flavoured, but with lemonade. That's my that's my issue because I don't like that, no. that dryness. <laughs> I am... Um... I had a really, really nice gin the other day. It was only from Aldi. It was, um, oh, what flavor was it? It was like passion fruit and mango. Ooh. So, so good. I love a good little flavored gin as well. The great thing like flavored drinks, like flavored vodka or flavored, even just like your mixers, like your VKs or your WKDs and stuff like that. It's great mm-hmm. for when it's sunny like this today. It just, it just goes down a bit too easy. That's the problem with us Brits. As soon as the sun gets out, we're like, right, why is there not a drink in my hand? <laughs> Do you know what I find crazy, though, is if I... Because I'd normally drink water or squash. I mean, I've got a glass of orange and pineapple Robinson's type thing here. Oh, well, it's like a cheap, nice. it's a cheap version from Morrison's, but same difference. <laughs> the one thing I always find crazy is I can... If I go out drinking, I can always drink more than when I'm at home drinking, like, water. Where If I'm going out, I'll have, like, three or four or five or six easily without mm. complaining. But if I try and drink that in water or juice, it's like, I can't do it. I feel full. I think it's probably just because it dehydrates you. And also the more you drink, the more you forget how much you've drank already. <laughs> that's like a like the mental right count just disappears. That, that's the issue. I mean, everybody does it. You go out and you just think, oh, yeah, we'll go for one. And then it goes to two. Mm-mm. And then it's you're out for the whole night. I saw a sketch the other day. I can't remember what um, comedian it was, but it was like there's, there's different levels of going out in the UK. You either go out as in you just popped out for something you go out for one drink at the pub or you go out out and one always leads to the other yeah there's what is it out 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 and then out 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 out, out, out. yeah there's the kind <laughs> oh. of out out where you don't come home until like five in the morning and the sun's coming up <laughs> oh who was the comedian i think it was someone like mickey flanagan i honestly couldn't tell you i think i saw someone do like an overdub of it on tiktok and it was hilarious so you mentioned like living in London as well. Do you have like an apartment mm-hmm. in London or do you like cohabit with friends? Um, I do have a flat in London that I was renting with um, a friend, which actually I think I probably won't ever live in it again now. I have to go move my stuff out. Um, but I think I am at home for a little bit now just until everything blows over. Yeah. Because um, obviously being a performer, 
Um, we haven't had the best of luck in these <laughs> times. Um, so just while I sort of get back on my feet in terms of getting a job, because I'm graduating uni this year, and sort of once I can perform again, then I'll start making my way back down south. Yeah. What are you doing at uni? Um, I'm just finishing up a degree in songwriting, which is a real degree, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) So what is like the part of that degree then? Do they go through song structure with you, you know, like the verse, chorus, pre-chorus and how it's all properly laid out kind of thing? Yeah, so there's there's all sorts that goes into it because I I think a lot of people, when I say I did a songwriting degree, just sort of think she sits and writes songs all day that's all she does like that's not a proper degree but there's actually quite a lot that goes into it there's like half of it is business modules so we learn all about the industry and how to properly promote ourselves um which has obviously completely helped me massively with promoting the new singles um and then we have performance exams um there's a lot of essay writing as well so like just the same as everyone else we have to write a dissertation yeah um and I'm currently trying to finish a business plan to submit, which is so long. <laughs> oh, wow. What what do you have to put in your business plan then? Is it like like what you plan There's, to do in say in a year's time? You expect to have X Y Z done? Yes. So we sort of have to set ourselves goals, um, like how much of a following we want to have where we want to be like what's the dream um but we also sort of have to go through branding um the sort of message we want to convey and it, it's, it gets quite deep at points there's like a mission statement in there yeah um as well as all the financial stuff as well so it's, it's very in-depth I think lines up to like 15,000 words right now <laughs> oh wow I mean yeah. I, can, I can barely write a hundred word essay <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, I always thought that my dissertation would be like the biggie, that that would be the the worst one. But my dissertation ended up being about half as long as my business plan. So I was not mentally prepared. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, what was, can you tell us what your uh, your dissertation was based on? Or is that like secret until you actually get your grades? Oh, I've got, um, I already got back my grade for my dissertation and I am happy to talk about it. Um, so my dissertation was about, um, the sort of cultural influence on American country music. So like how the culture influences the music and then how the music influences the culture and the sort mm-hmm. of interaction between like fans and what ends up being in the lyrics. So that was really, really interesting. Um, obviously because a lot of British country music is sort of inspired by American country music, but our culture is so different to theirs. Yeah. Sort of understanding the cultural impact in America on the music was really interesting just to compare to how we do it here as well yeah now the actual songwriting degree and the dissertation and the business plan is that done based on you doing country music or is that based on just music in general um it's it's all very country like the entire (laughs) of my third year I do four modules in third year and I managed to wrangle country music into every single one um so it's it's very creative and they're very good at letting you do what you want to do so it's quite a diverse course so before I went I didn't really I didn't have any friends that were songwriters back home and I just assumed that everyone that was a songwriter loved country music (laughs) I was like all of them are country singers I'm gonna be in a place full of people that love yeehaw music I can't wait and I got there and I was the only one (laughs) yeah so it's very diverse there's a big there's quite a span of different genres on my course I mean, it's bizarre with country music. I was speaking with Bill Leonard and it's like 
in the past, we say, what, five, ten years, really, it started hitting the UK. And it's mm-hmm. like Country Hits Radio, that's only been going for just over a year. I mean, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd think it was here for, like, the entirety that we've been alive, but it's it hasn't, and it's crazy how quickly it's growing. Now, you're new to the industry aren't you because you, your first single was released in february and then obviously yeah. your newest single was released yesterday what actually got you into country music you see i don't i don't really know i had this conversation with my mum um a couple of weeks ago because i was like where did where did the country come from like how did that start because as far back as i remember it was when i discovered taylor swift around the sort of red era yeah um i think i just stumbled across her on instagram and was like oh she's got a new album coming out let's give that a listen <laughs> and then i fell down the taylor swift rabbit hole on um, spotify and was all of a sudden obsessed yeah um but my mum said that actually and i didn't know this till recently my mum used to be a massive fan of shania twain and dixie chicks yeah so it turns out before i was even born she used to listen to it all the time um so she she seems to think that that's like it's ingrained somehow into your DNA. Into my brain. So inherited <laughs> somehow. But um, yeah, I don't really know how it happened. When I first started writing songs, they weren't massively country. They were just sort of in no man's land, neither here nor there. And then the more I wrote and the more I started listening to country music, the more this sort of twang came out. And I was like, well, that's it. This is the room. <laughs> I'm country now. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I, I remember reading on Twitter, I mean, w- because this is our second time recording, we actually mentioned this in the first time recording, Linda mm-hmm. Conway was answering, asking quite a lot of questions. Now, she does Voice of Woman, uh, the radio show in Ireland, and she is absolutely wonderful. She loves all artists, especially female artists, and she's just so funny. I've had her on the show in the past, and yeah, she's the best person ever, and she asks, you know, like the questions like, you know, is there any chance of like a new EP? And if, you know, what was it that got you into country itself? Not, she didn't write that specifically, but along those kind of lines, you know, that is, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You've only been here since February, but it almost feels like you've been here for years. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and whilst we're talking about Linda, absolutely an amazing woman the way that she champions female artists is incredible and she has helped me out so much in the short time that I have sort of been a part of this whole country scene she's amazing um but I'm so excited I feel like um I've I've really been welcomed into that sort of community that there is um on the internet and just I, I can't wait to actually meet these people because I've only really settled into it all since lockdown so I've not actually been able to meet these people in person but um yeah it's amazing I can't believe how quickly everyone sort of welcomed me and accepted me in um and the reaction to how good you are yesterday just proves that I was blown away yeah I mean we got we got to 22 in the chat I mean I remember I remember watching it going from like 60 odd and then 50 odd and then into the 30s and then you mentioned um, to me before we actually started recording this that, you know, you woke up in the morning and it was 22. 22. 
I know I woke up this morning it was at number 22 in the charts and I'd been sat all day yesterday and every time it went anywhere further up I would like screenshot it and tweet it or post <laughs> it on my Facebook I was like oh my god guys thank you so much we're in, in the top 50 oh my god we're in the top 40 what's going on and then it hit like 30 and then 28 and I was like it's just gonna keep going what on earth yeah I mean, it's crazy. crazy. Yes- it's crazy yesterday because there was just so much new music that were coming out. There was, mm-hmm. you know, there was yourself. There was Joey Clarkson and Louise Parker. There was, yep. You know, Emily. There's Cam released a new song. Luke Combs has been doing amazing on the charts. It's it's just it's full full yeah. of good artists at the moment, and it's you know it's a shame that you didn't get any higher than twenty two. I mean, I was hoping it would. I mean, I am completely at peace with where it got to. I'm so so grateful. I couldn't even believe it anyway. Like, I think Homeless only got four down- downloads on iTunes to this date. Yeah. So I-, I don't know yet exactly how many iTunes downloads How Good You Are has had so far, um, just because Apple haven't given us the figures yet. But for it to get in the charts was insane. So mad. And also massive congratulations to Joey and Louise because they got to number five, which was amazing I watched them like climb up as well and it was just so nice to see that so many British artists are doing so well Well, and Miss Dolly Parton released a new single yesterday so what more can we expect exactly just to be in the same charts as Dolly exactly I mean everybody's kind of screwed at that point it's like as soon as Dolly (laughs) brings that song you know it's going to go number one or at least exactly at least top five and it's like yep we're it's pointless releasing anything today I was just waiting for her to knock Luke Coombs off that top spot. I was watching it. I was like, there's no way that Dolly is going to finish on number two. Come on now. She's got to hop up to number one. Exactly. I mean, she's like the woman of country. You know, you think of country music, you think of Dolly Parton. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just there. It's ingrained into us. Oh, yes. She is an absolute legend and if anyone else had to be number one on the day of my release I'm glad that it was her <laughs> so we mentioned earlier busking in Sheffield yeah you mentioned busking in London as well yes when- so it was really funny I used to um I've worked on Oxford Street pretty much the whole time that I lived in <laughs> London the three four years that I was in um at uni yeah I used to work at River Island at one point which is across the road from the big John Lewis yeah. on Oxford Street And I used to busk outside John Lewis on my days off. And it was so funny because every time I was there, I could literally see my colleagues stood at the front of the shop like, hello. (laughs) So that was fun. (laughs) When you're busking then, do you showcase your new music before you actually start promoting it and then like give people sneak previews of what it's going to be? Absolutely. So with me only having two singles out right now, whenever I perform, I have to perform unreleased music. So it's the same with all the live streams that I've been doing recently. Um, but at this point, I think that's it's good for me because I can sort of gauge people's reactions and which songs people like. And then I can sort of decide which I'm going to record and release next. So it's almost like a little guinea pig testing things out before I start to record and release. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that you, you do that with your songs. Have you got any songs that you've given like teases to you know that you've busked or done on live shows that you're wanting to put into like the next release or the next you know even if there was to be an EP have you got enough songs there to make an EP I have the third single recorded and ready to go currently um but any further than that I actually haven't got it quite planned out yet I'm still figuring out what to do next um 
there's a new song that I wrote during lockdown that I have been playing on the live streams um, just to sort of see what people think. And that is called Right Guy, Wrong Time. Um, and I really like that one. So I am going to work on a demo for that and see sort of how it sounds produced. And that could potentially be the next thing. Um, but I have had a lot of people asking me if I will be producing an EP anytime soon. So I think that might be the next thing to work on because people seem to want it. So yeah, I can't wait till anything like <laughs> that comes out. I mean, whether it's, you know, another single or whether you'd like to combine them into an EP or, you know, even mm-hmm. wait a bit longer and have like a six track EP, you know, I, I can't wait to listen. I mean, I loved Homeless and I love <laughs> how good you are. It's everything about your music is just so it draws you in and it makes you smile. It makes Thank you, you so much. Even though homeless is, you know, as as it says on the tin, it still makes you feel. You know, it, it's it's crazy to describe. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I I don't know I I I enjoy that you um feel something because <laughs> that's all that I can ask really that um it does make you feel some kind of way. I know I've done my job right with the songwriting if it does if you can feel something when you listen to it. Um, Homeless for me will always be so special to me because it's sort of like my own coming of age story. Yeah. So it's it's all about me and it's my story. So that one will always be really special to me. Now, How Good You Are is more like a, it's like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. How Good You Are is completely fictional. <laughs> yeah. I think when I wrote that, I just really wanted to, to write something happy. Like I'd been blocked for a couple of um, weeks. I really wanted to write something, but I was so fed up of writing depressing songs. <laughs> so I was like, right, we need to come out with a uplifting bop here. Yeah. What can we write about? So I was like, you know what? Just absolutely make it up because there's no inspiration from your own love life right now. We'll just we'll just make it up. <laughs> how's it how's it been then? You know, have you ever had a relationship, whether it's in the past, you know, or in a dream, that it's been like that? Absolutely not. <laughs> My love life is just tragic, to be totally honest with you. But um that's okay because I can write songs and pretend that it's not. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, well, you look at like Adele and Taylor Swift, you know, we mentioned Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift earlier. They write mm-hmm everything about the relationships whether it's good whether it's bad whether it puts a really really naff light on somebody else you know they still get it out there so at least even though you haven't had that wonderful you know glamorous you know pink fairy tale kind of relationship you can still do good songs from that yeah and I think even the ones that go down the toilet the the awful relationships <laughs> uh, they still serve as inspiration for songs I mean I always joke about the fact that um I had to audition for my course at my uni um and coming from Sheffield to apply for a music school in London I was like that was a big deal to me and I always say you know what I can thank that one person for breaking yeah. my heart because that got me into uni and it got me a full scholarship to my uni so I was like thank you and goodbye (laughs) well that's that's it I mean everything whether it's good or bad kind of leads you down a path through life you know Mm -hmm. there's everything's almost like planned in advance you know this is supposed to end at this point you know whether you like it or not and it's supposed to like I mean I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for things that have happened down my lifetime you know it's crazy Mm -hmm. how things actually do work out 
Yeah, I definitely feel like there's an element of what is meant to be will be. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's a lyric in that new song that I wrote, The Right Guy, Wrong Time. There's a lyric in that where it says, um, what's meant for you won't pass you by. Ooh. So, like, if it doesn't work out, that's because it's not meant to. Yeah. That's... So, I definitely believe in that. Everything that happens, happens for a reason. I hope it's soon. I, ho- I hope that comes out soon. <laughs> I'll be working on it. <laughs> have, have you got any like time frames in mind? You know, like... um, I think the next single I'm looking at releasing um, is called "You Want Me," um, exclusive for you here. And I'm actually looking at releasing it sort of late July, early August. That one's really summery, and it's a bit of a country pop vibe. I definitely took a bit of a different direction with my sound on this new one. Oh wow! Um, so. I'm very excited for that one to come out after How Good You Are has had its time. Yeah. How, how long are you going to give, like, How Good You Are then, you know, before you actually start doing the promotion? Because you say, you know, like, July, August for the next single. Yeah. You know, we'll be looking at the end of June when you stop pushing How Good You Are. Um, I'm not really sure yet. I haven't 100% <laughs> got it all planned out. Um, Just see how it goes. I think it... Yeah, see how it goes. I think especially with because nothing's certain at the moment. We don't know where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, I have to somehow get some sort of visuals and a promotion campaign together for it. So I think I'm just going to hold off for a minute and see if I can actually get to a photographer to take some photos. Even like, I think that it'll have to be an outdoor shoot anyway, and we can stay two meters apart with the camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> get your mum so to do I it. I think we'll definitely see. Get your mum to do it. Oh, my mum is chomping at the bit. She took two Instagram photos for me and she thinks that she's a photographer. That's what it's about. I mean, you got your bed sheet. You got she flowers. wants that into the payroll. <laughs> pay her in love and kisses. <laughs> I pay her with my presence. <laughs> that, that's it. That's that's the main thing. <sighs> so before but we- yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you'll probably have about two or three weeks promotion before it comes out. Um, but there are no exact dates for that yet. So keep everybody on the toes then. That's the main mm. thing. It all adds to that suspense. Focus on how good you are for now. If you download how good you are and stream it, then maybe the next one will come quicker. Well, that's Incentive. It. That's it. If you get, <laughs> say, like 10,000 streams on Spotify, you know, it takes a week off mm-hmm. its release date. My goal right now is, fingers crossed, to get to 1,000 streams on how good you are by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to this, get streaming, please. What, what, <laughs> I beg. What, what number of streams are you in at the moment with Spotify? Um, last time I checked, it was nearing 300. I will double check right now. We can give you the live figures. Ooh. <laughs> I think it hit um, 250 before I went to bed last night. Yeah. Yeah, it's on 296 right now. Oh, so close to 300. Yeah. So close. It, it is such but a yeah. good song. I mean, Thank re- you. when I wrote my review, I like to then... I don't look at other people's reviews until I've sent out my review because I don't like mm-hmm. to be biased and I don't like to be like yeah. persuaded into what everybody else thinks. And that that's the, that's what I've always done. Now reading everybody else's, everybody loves it. I mean, there was three cores, there was bells and gals that wrote about it. You know, fierce fab, uh, fierce fab review. There's just, mm-hmm. everybody loves it. I love it as well. I mean, it's such Thank a good you. song. I've been so, so amazed and grateful for the industry response to it. I was sending out the emails before I start my promotion campaign 
And I just could not get my head around how many people wanted to play it on their radios and wanted to review it and share it for me. I was so, so grateful. Now, just reading a tweet now from you, four hours ago, leftover Chinese for breakfast. (laughs) Good or gross? It was good. I can now confirm it was so good. (laughs) Well, it's like having pizza, you know, the next morning. You know, takeaway food... Do you, now, some people microwave it and some people don't. I mean, I like to microwave pizza. I don't like eating pizza cold. Mm. How do you have it? Do you like put it through the microwave for a bit? It depends. With Chinese, I always heat it up. Cold Chinese is just not good. But pizza, if I get home from a night out and I have leftover pizza, I will eat it cold. There's something about being and eating a slice of pizza that's cold, that is so good. Um, but next morning, it's a, it's got to be a microwave jobby. Well, that's it. I mean, pizza is that great alcohol soaker upper. Mm-hmm. It's all the carbs. You need the carbs to soak it all up. <laughs> and that, that's why we always feel bloated the next morning after we've had, whether it's a pizza or a kebab or something horrible. <laughs> something that's definitely not healthy. <laughs> that's it. I mean, do you like follow any health regimes as people call it like I do slimming well personally so I've always been a big believer of that do you do anything for yourself like shakes I've or been smoothies? trying I've been trying so hard in lockdown to um exercise more so after I was having a bit of a rough time towards the end of when I was living in London so when I came home I was like right I'm gonna sort myself out I'm gonna start exercising and eating better we all know that eating well during lockdown is so difficult it's so easy to snack so easy to snack but um I've been doing I was doing Joe Wicks workouts Joe Wicks PA with my mum every morning yeah um and the past couple of weeks I've swapped that out to start doing couch to 5k Mm -hmm. um which is like it basically builds you up to running 5k in like a course of nine weeks yeah so I started doing that because I've never really been massively athletic um but I would just like to, yeah, I just wanted to focus on my health a little bit. Um, so that's going well. My Chinese last night has probably absolutely erased any progress that I've made there, <laughs> but that's fine. I was celebrating. It's fine. <laughs> that's what it's about, though. I mean, the Couch to 5K, there's a special app mm-hmm. you can download and it just t- it gives you like little hints and little yeah. tips. I, I Mine's tried Sarah it. Millican. So with the BBC's Couch to 5K app, you can pick who's talking you through it. Like it tells you when to walk and when to run. Yeah. And mine's Sarah Millican. So I've got Sarah Millican in my ear like, go on, pet. You can do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thanks, Sarah Millican. I'm going to keep going. Oh, she's such a funny comedian. She's so funny. The first, I, I've attempted Couch 5K twice and I, I'm all right listening to her speak now. But the first time I was like, go away, Sarah Millican. <laughs> it's like she's chasing off, after you. I, do my head in <laughs> so we'll go back to the Chinese and what did you have for your Chinese oh what didn't I have for my Chinese I had <laughs> a crispy answer. shredded chicken and special fried rice oh that sounds so good I mean I like the crispy beef as well oh cris- yes crispy shredded chicken oh that sounds good oh I want Chinese <laughs> it was so good it was the first like takeaway we've had since the beginning of lockdown and obviously without being able to eat out it was the first thing that I'd had in 10 weeks that hadn't been cooked for me by my stepdad. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> what, what does your stepdad normally cook? My stepdad bloody loves to cook. He loves it. All sorts of things. I can't even list them off. <laughs> he, 
to be fair, when he first started cooking for us, I was like, what, some weird and wonderful meals here. I'm not eating this. But you learn to love it. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. I mean, especially when we're doing Slimming World, you kind of get used to trying new things because chicken salad gets a bit boring after a while when you've had it five times mm. a week. I am 21 years old and I will never eat a salad. Hate salad. Really? What is it about salad that you don't like? Childish. I must just have the most childish taste buds because I just don't like lettuce. Just do not like lettuce. Fair I enough. love kale. I'll have like a, a warm kale salad, but not a cold one. Well, fair enough. I mean, everybody's different. I mean, do you like vegetables and that, that kind of stuff? I love vegetables, love them, but I just prefer them cooked. I think that's all. Um, but fun fact about me, I have to like vegetables because I am allergic to fruit. <laughs> You're allergic to fruit. Mm-hmm. How do you know so that? So the only fruit that, sorry. How, how, how did that all like come about then? Like, um, It kind of developed as I got older. There's a name for like the condition. It's really, really strange. So it's all fruit and also um, nuts. I can have roasted nuts, but if they're raw, I can't have them. Um, and I discovered that I was in Nashville last year and me and my friend went and got an iced latte from Starbucks and I was like oh you know what I'll have almond milk in it because I normally have almond milk in like a hot coffee yeah so I had it in my cold one started drinking it and I literally couldn't breathe (gasps) so we were just on um we were on a street just in Nashville chilling and I was like I don't know what's happening to me but I cannot breathe I don't know what I've had but I'm actually dying but my friend Izzy has um an allergy to peanuts. So she had her antihistamines, like her stronger antihistamines in her bag. Yeah. So she was like, you're going to have to take one of these and stop drinking that coffee. Cause that is, that's got to be what it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, that's like the it craziest. Was so weird. It was crazy. That's like the craziest place to have an allergic reaction. I mean, America is a bit different to the mm-hmm. UK because we've got like the NHS. So we're I was very covered. lucky that it wasn't that bad. I mean, just imagine if you had to go to hospital, it'd mm-hmm. be like, what? That would have been a nightmare. No, luckily it wasn't too bad. Um, we just sort of sat down, drank some water and I was fine after about half an hour, an hour. But it was scary because obviously it was an allergy that I didn't even really know that I had. Yeah. Um, but that was just an eventful time in general. Like it didn't ruin my week. It was still the best week of my life. <laughs> it certainly adds to the memories. Oh, yeah. It's a fun story to tell. So what was it like in Nashville then? What, what was you doing in Nashville? So I went to Nashville last year with a group of people from my uni, um, including Emma Moore. You know Emma Moore? Yes. Yeah. Um, we all went to go to the Tin Pan South Songwriting Festival. Ooh, wow. Um, so that was really fun. Um, it was incredible. It was my first time in the States, my first time in Nashville. Um, and Linda Conway loves when I say this, but it was literally like Disneyland for songwriters. <laughs> like that is my caption for the entire week. Um but it was incredible. We went to see, we saw Laurie McKenna, um, Ray Lynn was there, Tenniel Towns, Tenniel Arts. I got a picture with Tenniel Arts. I love Tenniel um, Arts. And also Liz Rose, who wrote um, a lot of the early Taylor Swift stuff. We yeah. went to see her and we were front row at the Liz Rose show. And she, she played, the first song that she played was White Horse. And me and my friend Izzy were sat front row and I burst into tears. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I just burst into tears. I was like, this is so ridiculous. This is Liz Rose singing Taylor Swift right in front of me. 
So then in between the lyrics, she saw me crying. And in between like verses and choruses, she was like talking to me while she was on stage, like, stop crying. Don't you do that because you'll set me off. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry, Liz Rose. That's I'm even so better. Sorry. It was amazing. And then that's not even the best part. The next song round, when it got back around to her, she was playing um, You Belong With Me, which yeah. is absolute legendary song. And she said, um, do we have any singers in the audience? So me, after drying my tears in the front row, was like, yes, hello, and put my hand up. And she brought me up on stage to sing You Belong With Me with her, which was the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Do you know what I find interesting, though? To me... That sounds like a better story than the allergy story. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow, you got to sing with Liz Rose. That's it was it was incredible. Oh wow. Absolutely incredible. So there's a video somewhere and I started so I started singing because they had microphones up there. I started singing into the micro microphone. And obviously Liz Rose had no clue whether I could sing or not. Like yeah. I just told her that I was a singer. She didn't know me. And I started singing and then she looked at me like and went into the microphone, she went wow i was like that that's going on my gravestone put the quote liz rose wow oh on my gravestone brilliant i mean what is the chance that you could be sat at the front row with liz rose in front of Mm -hmm. you singing the songs that you love and then start crying and then she's then talking to you and then you get to go up and sing like hats down that's got to be a dream that's got to be like the best run of events for you on that trip over that's got to be perfect honestly it was incredible like the whole week was amazing and I actually wrote um the majority of homeless was written in my notes pages whilst I was in Nashville um and then I sort of finished it off when we came back so that whole week was incredible and I have homeless to sort of encapsulate it all in one song and like how successful that has been yeah now is sort of attributed to that trip which is amazing I'm still jealous that you got a picture with Tanina Hartz. Yeah, I had, her on the, I had her on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she's such a lovely woman to talk to. Did you really? Yeah, I've spoke with Tanina Hartz. I've spoke with Emma Moore. She's so, so nice. And Emma Moore is amazing. Oh. What a woman. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those vocals. Yeah, just that's it. Those vocals. You, you can just have that in flashing lights, and then that just describes Emma. It, it does. Yeah, 100%. It now, it now describes you. Oh. no Emma was basically like our tour guide for Nashville as well whenever something was going on that wasn't related to the um to the festival she would be like guys this is happening I'm going here like come with me and we were like follow that girl (laughs) (laughs) so how did you actually know what she's talking about so did Emma go to like the same course as you so Emma did the masters at ICMP which is where I did my undergrad degree um the trip was actually I think meant to be just for master's students but I managed to blag my way onto (laughs) it (laughs) I was like I'm sorry this is my last opportunity to go on the trip because they only do it every two years and I was in second year so if they didn't let me go that year then I would have left by the time they were running it again So I was like, no, I'm sorry. I came to this uni because you run a Nashville trip. I have to be on this trip. (laughs) That's, that's perfect. It's it's even better for the fact that the chance that you couldn't have gone. It's crazy Mm -hmm. to think. Honestly, the whole thing was just, I'd never flown long haul. It was just a first of so many things for me. And I honestly remember that for the rest of my life. Where do you normally fly? Do you normally fly to like destinations like Spain or France or anything like that? 
Yeah, so I I wasn't really a frequent flyer as a kid. So I used to we used to go on holidays to Norfolk. We absolutely loved Norfolk when we were kids. Um, and I went on my first flight. I think I was fifteen on a school trip to Italy to go skiing. Yeah. Um. So I I've never I don't think I'd ever left Europe before I went to Nashville. Oh wow! So that was so good. Have you got any like holiday destinations in mind where you want to go and? Um, me and a friend I've mentioned Izzy quite a few times um at Izzy Naylor on all social media she's another artist but she's um like an indie pop kind of artist yeah um she's my best friend and we are planning or we were planning um to hopefully go on like a road trip of America we would love to go like California so just before the lockdown happened it was my 21st birthday and we went to Paris and we went to Disneyland. Yeah. So now we want to go to Disneyland California. Um we want to go to New York because we almost our flight on the way to Nashville stopped via New York. Yeah. Um and they'd over sold tickets for our our connecting flight to Nashville and they were like, "Right, we need two people to stay in New York for the night." we'll give you this many vouchers for flights and you can get on the first flight in the morning. We were so close to getting off the flight and just going around New York for a night. Oh, that sounds perfect. That's something I want to do. You know, I've, mm. I'm in talks of it, talks at the moment of doing like a trip to New York and then a trip to Nashville and then a trip to back into Texas and yeah. I visit Texas quite a lot. And then I've never, I've never been to California. I mean, I got, I've been to like Florida and stuff and, that is one place you want yeah. to go is Disney World rather than Disneyland because Disney World is just like there's Epcot huge. there, isn't there? Yeah, Epcot, Magic Kingdom, um, everything just oh, yeah. it's amazing to go. I mean, if you yeah. love if you love rides and if you love the whole experience of being there, you've got to spend two weeks there. Easy. Yeah. Well, I think we hopefully are going to do like um, just an American road trip, like. We're not quite sure how it works because a lot of the places we want to go are on opposite sides of the states. But we definitely want to do like New York, L.A., the rest of like California um, and Florida as well. There's so many places we wanted to go. So we were like, right, let's just save up and just do the trip of a lifetime and go everywhere and go back to Nashville. Yeah. I mean, so, it's crazy how much that it I cost. Think, yeah, I know. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll we'll get saving. <laughs> It uh, might not happen for 20 years, but we'll get there. How do you want to do it then? Are you wanted to get like an RV or just like convertibles and then tram down the road or stop at motels, hotels, that kind of thing? I think we'll just have to see because the real snag in our plan there is that neither me nor Izzy can drive. <laughs> neither oh. of us have a driving license, despite the lyrics of my new single, which are about driving. Mm-hmm. Um Neither of us can drive, so one of us is going to have to get a license so that we can hire a car when we go over there. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I think you have to be... Is it 25? You have to be over there to hire a car. I remember... That's fine. Izzy, my friend Izzy, I think she's 25. Is she 20? No, she's 24. But by the time we go, she'll be 25, so <laughs> she can drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. you got to get her on her driving lessons and then pass the test and then get driving. There we go. That sounds good to me. No pressure on me then. How do you normally get between Sheffield and London then? Do you get the train down? I, a lot of the time when I was at uni, would get coaches. I lived on National Express coaches (laughs) for a lot of my time at uni. Um, 
I occasionally get um like when I'm moving there and back like one of my parents will come and get me and will obviously load up the car with all my belongings yeah um but yeah most of the time it's the coach good old coach trip at least it's national express and not megabus honestly i used to get the megabus and then i was like no i i deserve better than this i need to treat myself to a national express coach basically i can stretch for the extra fiver basically everybody who's listening outside of the uk whether you're in america canada norway etc we've got two different type of coach companies here in the uk there's the megabus and then there's national express national express is kind of a nicer coach it's kind of a bigger more comfortable ride whereas megabus is like the like the primark of shops it's a bit cheaper (laughs) and it's it does the job but it's a bit cheaper yeah i mean it does the trick it gets you from a to b but they do tend to have a distinct smell Mm. (laughs) find megabuses normally smell a little funky smell a little funky <laughs> that should be a lyric in a song somewhere megabus smell a bit funky more of a pop song so be- i'll pass it on to my pop songwriting friends <laughs> that's it you should have loads of them now at uni now before the actual chat you mentioned you have a dog yeah you got a little shih tzu yeah by a girl so um my little his name is todd he's a little shih tzu emphasis on the first syllable of that <laughs> um <laughs> he's he's adorable however he um he can be a bit naughty at times but i feel like that's just little dog syndrome yeah um and we also have um a cat as well so when my mum and my stepdad got married we just sort of had to adopt his pets which is our dog and our cat um but our cat tammy only has three legs oh that's like the sweetest thing ever I know, like, I'm not even going to lie. I used to hate that cat. I've, I've always been such a dog And everyone thought evil for not liking my cat because it was disabled. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, I don't not like her because she's disabled. I just don't like cats. That, that's my issue as well. I mean, I love cats. I just keep sneezing every time I come close to one. <laughs> it's like, I can't win. I, you know what, I have to say though, since I've been home, I must have been back in Sheffield in the house for 11 weeks now. I think I came back like one week before lockdown began. Yeah. Um, and me and that cat are best friends now. Me and Tammy, she's my best pal. She hops like, on to you. We, yeah. It's so strange. Like we went from absolutely hating each other and it was a mutual thing. That cat did not like me either. <laughs> but now we're best buds every day. Who's the one that she's coming to for cuddles? It's me. That's it. Me. <laughs> it's love. It's love and attention. That's what all pets need. <laughs> now, with you, Todd, the Shih Tzu, have you found that, yes. like, the... Because I used to have a Shih Tzu in the past. The nose, because they've got very, very small nostrils, they struggle to breathe. Um, He definitely makes some noises at times. He, he like, snorts a little bit. Yeah. Um, But I haven't... I don't think we've noticed him have many breathing problems because I know that um that's a problem for Frenchies as well, isn't it? French bulldogs. Yeah. But what I will say about his nose is that he will not let you touch it. Like if you try and touch my dog's nose, he like moves his face so that you cannot do it. Oh bless. So that's, weird. Oh that's so sweet. Oh you need to start posting he's, pictures. He's a very stubborn little dog. I want to see more pictures of Todd on your Instagram. <laughs> Noted. I'll take that into consideration. Note to self, more of the puppy on 
on the social feeds. That's what the people want. That's what I mean. That's what people love. People love pictures of dogs. You know, especially little dogs and little cats and even disabled cats. Three-legged cats are like the ultimate awe factor. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I don't think anyone on the British country scene can beat Jerry Clarkson's dog. Her dog is adorable, and it's called Whiskey. Whiskey. Yes. What a name for a dog. Oh, it's so adorable as well. It's like this big, big thing that just looks so fluffy and cuddly and, oh. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love dogs. I used to be terrified when I was a child, but I absolutely love dogs now. Such a major dog person. If you are listening to this and you follow me on Instagram, send me pictures of your dogs. <laughs> That's Please. it. Send Raya dogs. Hashtag. There we go. <laughs> Hashtag dogs for Raya. <laughs> Okay, so we've discussed your first single, we've discussed your second single, we've discussed your trips to Nashville, we've discussed school, mm-hmm. we've discussed life. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, Good question. I do not know, other than follow me on everything, please. <laughs> when... <laughs> and listen to the new single, <laughs> self-promo. <laughs> That's it. Everybody listen to everything, really, Homeless and How Good You Are, and... Follow you on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now, for your Twitter, it's at Raya Jane Music. So it's R E Y A J A Y N E Music, M U S I C. Is that the mm-hmm. same for Facebook and Twitter? Uh, Facebook and Instagram? Yes, you can find me everywhere that you could even dream of finding me. And it's all at Raya Jane Music. And whilst you're following me on things, feel free to follow me on Spotify because then as soon as I release, the next single that we were talking about earlier, it will go straight into your release radar. That's awesome. Now, because we're getting towards the end of the podcast, I mentioned earlier to you that we we have a couple of questions. And what I normally do is I have it like a cycle. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, start of the night, you go out on a night out, what do you drink? You know, what do you have afterwards? I've now discovered you drink wine, you eat a Chinese and pizza to soak up the alcohol. <laughs> Some of the questions I haven't asked is, do you drink tea or coffee? Neither. Neither? I love neither. I'm such a bad English person. So, actually, well, I tell a lie. I like green tea and I like a chai latte, but a chai latte actually has no coffee in it at all. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it for hot drinks for me. I'm so sorry, Britain. I've let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, there's been people in the past that don't drink. I mean, it is what it is. Do you eat any form of like biscuits or crisps, <laughs> cookies to the Americans? Oh, um, I, I love, uh, this might be a bit boring, but I do love just chocolate digestive. Oh, love chocolate digestive. That's and Pringles, barbecue Pringles, Texan my bar- weakness. Texan barbecue Pringles, beautiful. Yes. There's nothing wrong with the chocolate digestive though. Thank you. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, a bourbon is nice. I've also been asked recently about Jaffa Cakes. Yes. There has been a debate on Twitter about whether a Jaffa Cake is a cake or a biscuit. That was my now next question. Now you to say that I believe, oh, I can't even, I'm like contradicting myself here. I can't remember what I said last time I answered this question. I think it's a cake. You see, I think it's a cake as well. I think it's a cake. You see. Because it doesn't, it doesn't have a crunch. That's what I said. It's a cake because a biscuit would crunch. It's it's crazy because I was speaking with Balen Leonard and Balen had the fantastic idea to verify it being a biscuit is the fact that he you can dunk a Jaffa cake into like a cup of tea or coffee. 
of course. But you don't take a slab of like Victoria sponge and dunk that into a coffee. Very, very true. Very so true. That's... Maybe we should all just accept that it is the perfect hybrid. There needs to be a word for it though, like a this cake or a case kit or something. A case kit. <laughs> a case kit. <laughs> Awfully close to casket, which is not something that we want to associate with a Jaffa cake. <laughs> yeah. Do you eat, do you like Jaffa cakes? I like them, but they're not my biscuit slash cake of choice. Like I wouldn't go out of my way to buy Jaffa cakes. Yeah. What cakes would you have then? Um, oh, I, anything chocolatey, anything chocolatey. A couple of weeks ago, I made some, I actually made some cookies that were like half cookie, half cake the other week. And they were amazing. They were like triple chocolate goodness. I mean, how do, how does that work? Because a cookie to me is quite it's it's obviously round and it's smallish. How do you make it into like a cake? Is it like puffed up a bit? I think I think it's just using self raising flour instead of plain <laughs> makes it rise in the oven. I don't really. I'm not really normally a baker. I think I just joined like the quarantine baking hype. We've all been so bored that suddenly everyone on the planet has decided to bake. That's the issue that I've found is when I wanted to start baking again because of the lockdown, because I've been off now for, what, seven, eight weeks? Mm. I wanted to start baking. And every time I went to, like, Morrison's or Tesco or Aldi or Lidl, there was no flour or there was no eggs Mm -mm. or there was no castor sugar. It was just so frustrating. It's like, oh, my God, I I I want people to stop. Well, I've been doing, every week I've been doing my grandma and granddad's weekly shop for them obviously because they're 83 and 85 I think so they obviously need to be staying at home yeah um so every week I go get their list I go get the shopping bags go to Aldi do their shop for them and bring them their stuff and every week my grandma has flour on the list and I just couldn't get any for about (laughs) six weeks and then every week it would start saying flour please and then if they've got any yeah. Because she was absolutely oh. desperate to bake some scones and I couldn't find any flour for her. I love how you say that. Scones. Sometimes people say scones, some people say oh. scones. Oh, all right. Well, let's clarify that right now. It's a scone. It's a scone before you scone. eat it. Scone. It's a scone before you eat it. It's a scone when you've eaten it. It's gone. Oh, that's that's a dad joke for uh, <laughs> the ages. <laughs> I had to get that in there somewhere. <laughs> I do not blame you. Absolutely love it. All right, third debate. Dad jokes are the best type of humour. Oh, yes, they are. I mean, Louise Parker's been really, really guilty of this recently, especially in the past, what, <laughs> three, four months. She keeps retweeting those dad jokes, and they're so hilarious. I've seen. So funny. <laughs> I love it. Last debate, then. Pineapple on pizza. Well, I, you see, someone asked me this on Twitter the other day as well, in amongst the Jaffa cake malarkey. <laughs> and I said... that I really can't pass a proper judgment because I can't eat fruit. However, in my mind, fruit does not belong on a pizza. Yes. It just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I I get get it with the, because you can't eat fruit. Yeah. I know I say, I do Slimming World. Sometimes we have a cheat night and we had pizza Mm -hmm. last night. And what we did was we had a sweet chili chicken pizza and I fancied pineapple. So people out there who don't like pineapple, hashtag Rachel Selick. Hi there, Rachel. (laughs) I like pineapple on pizza, but I like fruit. I can eat fruit. Fair. I I think my opinion is probably not very valid on this question. I'll stand with Rachel and say that I think fruit on pizza is wrong. Like you wouldn't put apple on a pizza. However, 
I can't pass comment because I've never actually been able to eat it. That is actually a fair point. I wouldn't put apple, I wouldn't put orange or anything like that on. Pineapple would be the only thing I'd have on. Mm. But even if you go on like pineapple... It's Hawaiian though. Yeah. So like, fair play to the Hawaiians. I I don't know. (laughs) You don't put mango on though either because that's like an exotic fruit. Yeah. And I think people do eat mango with savoury things though, don't they? I feel like I've seen people put like paprika on a mango before oh i've never seen that i want to try that now Hmm. i've seen it so i've definitely seen like videos in foreign countries of people like cutting up a mango and putting some red powder on it which i always assumed was like paprika but i may be completely wrong yeah we'll go with paprika i may have completely misread that so if anyone listening actually knows what it is that people put on mangoes please let me know because i've always been so curious (laughs) All right, um, that, that's that's about it, really. I can't think of any more questions or debates. So, oh. everybody, everybody, follow Raya on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and everybody, listen to how good you are. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. That's good. I mean, I try and keep this nice and nice and chatty, and I like to have a bit of a laugh. This is because I'm I'm not a music person. I don't play music. I Casually strum a guitar every now and then when I want to deafen myself with the badness. <laughs> I can't sing and I'm not part of like a label or anything. So this to me is how I get to enjoy music even more. Getting to speak to wonderful It's amazing people. though. Like the music needs people not only to be a part of the industry, but the music industry doesn't exist without people who A, enjoy the music and B, people that talk about the music. Like it keeps it going and it wouldn't be able to carry on without people like you. So one of thank the thing, you so much for having me. One of the things I find, I've always found fascinating, not just with music as well, but in life is people's stories, you know, how you get to where you are. And mm-hmm. thank you for coming on and explaining your story, that you had no actual direct involvement with country music other than your mum listened to country music when you were young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Everybody, listen, follow Raya on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'll keep saying that. Follow, 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 and listen to the music. (laughs) That's what it's about, is listen to the music. Everybody take care, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit-chats on all things country music.